There's a quarter of a mile left to go. Liza Star, confidently handled by Santana and still the target. Cuddle Kitten is now back to second. Poacher Liza down the stand side. And Lucy's Town to continues to run home with an eighth of a mile left. Liza Star now has to quick it up by Santana. The response is instant and she leads by two. Poacher Liza on the outside is second as they come home for the wire. It's Eliza Exacta. Liza Star beats Poacher Liza in the glass slipper. Third Cuddle Kitten, fourth Lucy's Town and all good times ran fifth in 136 and 3. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've made it to episode 3. I didn't think we'd make it this far. Episode 3 of uh, Horse Talk. We come to you live at 11.20 p.m. Friday night from the garage. As the wives kicked us out, we make too much noise. Anyways, we're going to get right into it. I just want to thank again our amazing sponsor in uh, Cross Country Mortgage. Happy birthday, Danny. Good work, Danny. You're the man. Okay, so we are going to be talking tonight. By the way, hi, Coach. How are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, we're going to be talking tonight about tomorrow's races at uh, Goldstream. We've got the Claiming Crown Stakes races going on always makes for an interesting getting close to the end of the year uh you got these weird conditions that uh all these horses enter in some of them are stakes quality some of them aren't weird things happen uh well i'm sure coach will get into the history of things a little bit uh that's one of the things he likes to do um <clears throat> so we're gonna we're gonna just kick things off we got 11 races to go through uh Race one, we got a maiden special weight, a mile on the turf for two-year-old fillies. That's always fun. We love those two-year-old races. Uh, in this race, you've got the three Uptown Flirt. He's got a couple of good races. She's got a couple of good races uh, in New York. And the 13, uh, also eligible Jouster, could be dangerous if she scratches in. Uh, she's got a lot of speed, and she's switching to turf for the first time. Uh, who did you who'd you like in this one, Coach? I don't like anybody. Nobody. Nobody. You didn't see anything you liked? No. So it's an all for you. Yeah. Um, I think that it's uh, historically, at least last year, two first-time starters won both the maiden special weight uh, mile turf races. So I just mm. don't see anybody that jumps out and grabs me. You're right about um, the Billy Mott horse. It looks really nice. but I think somebody might beat him. So I'll play the all. And if I do... If I do up, do up, end up playing a bit, I might play a $10 exact with the three underneath everybody. Okay. Um, I I actually took a little bit of a shot here. I uh, I went with uh, Queen of the Green. Uh, she she hopped and was bumped at the start in her at at the start in her first race. She still came on to finish second at pretty big odds. Last out, the race came off the turf. She didn't run at all. Um, but I think she'll be a good price, and uh, I'm going to take a shot with her. Cool. Race two, we're moving right along. The claiming race two is the claiming crown glass slipper. They're going a mile in the dirt. The number two, Liza Star, won this race last year. Uh, her her last race out, she steadied uh, at the 16th pole. I don't know if that if if that actually meant anything. She, she seemed like she might have been might have been done before she had to steady. Um, but she's going to try and take him gate to wire here and and go back-to-back two years in a row. Who do you like? Nobody. Nobody? I like nobody again. What? 
Yeah, I thought um, when we talked about doing this card, I thought, well, this could be a lot of opportunity. But, um, again, I think this is a good all race. I just think that um, there's nobody that jumps out and, and really – I don't. I don't want to just take a chance. I want to win, so I'm going to take them all. Okay. Uh, in this one, I went with the two. I think um, you know, talking about that last race out. You you look at the history of things, and I think I peeked at your notes. The history of this is, of course, the last. What's the what's the history that I saw? I think it was in the last five years. The horse that won this race was either first, second, or third in its last in its last race. Yes, nobody's went from off the board so, last start. So Liza Starr ran fifth last race. I, that's probably why you why you extra out. Yeah, maybe one of the reasons why you extra out. Yeah, plus which, she's six years old now. Yeah, which makes sense. I think that uh, I think that she's a little classier than the rest, and uh, and won this race last year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take her. Well, Peter Walders won this race um, two out of the last five years. The hmm. trainer for Liza Starr. It's amazing how many winners in the last five years that two um the dude to the two drug kings have had um, <laughs> Navarro and Service they were just um doing great um there for a couple of years so imagine that maybe they should have spread the races out a little bit more and not not uh, tip too many people off yeah and I think with COVID again this, this has just been a weird year I'm I'm very thankful for for the, um, the COVID virus it's been very good to me handicapping wise but. Um, I think it's been a very strange year in horse racing because of all the different shipping techniques and um, just, um, you know, trainers, grooms, everybody being tested all the time. I just think it's been a, a weird year. So, you know what? They all have a happy birthday on January 1st, and let's hope 2021's better. Well, I'm I'm thinking that if you got two alls in the first – if you got an all in the first two races – that you gotta like somebody in here. Race three, main special weight, mile on the turf for two year old Colts. Uh there's a there's a few high priced uh horses in this one, including uh the two voter protection, trained by arguably one of the best turf trainers in the US and Chad Brown. You got the eight fighting force, there's a four hundred thousand dollar purchase for Todd Fletcher, and you got the ten half barber bingy, bingy, uh two hundred fifty thousand dollar Colt out of American Pharaoh. Easy for you to say. I I didn't see anything I liked in particular, but I, I did end up, you know, if, if I had to make a pick, I've got one in mind. Who do you like here? Um, I like the eight horse fighting force. You do? Yes. What do you like about him? Well, I like the fact that he ran a, what was it, a 109 and change. First time out, just barely got beat, closing. Uh, came out the next time and got bumped. Um, I was going to win a route of ground. The... The Chad Brown horse hasn't gotten two turns yet, I don't think, has he? Um, and I just like the fact of getting Saez back on the eight. And, um, yeah, that's yeah. the horse. Plus, it's, I think it's – is it out of Galileo? Somewhere uh, in fighting reading. force, uh, let's see, Air Force Blue out of Warfront by no splits, smart strike. Yeah, okay, you got Warfront and smart, smart strike. Uh, Warfront, Breeders' Cup winner, smart strike, Curlin. Yeah, I I like the eight. Also, um, I think for all the reasons you said that Chad Brown horse has not gone a route of ground. Um, this one has, so I think that little bit of experience. And they um, did run against each other the first time out, and Fighting Force, um, you know, beat Chad's horse. And Pletcher's 
Pletcher's good at Gulfstream. Uh, uh, and yeah. and what's nice about it, in my mind, what's nice about it is, I think Chad Brownhorse is probably going to be the favorite. And I think you're going to get a you're going to get a better price on the on well, the Pletcher actually, horse. The other, and the other Pletcher horse, first time starter, um, that one kind of scares me. But you know what? I'll I'll just stick with Fighting Force and with a couple of races under its belt. Yeah, yeah. That that second Chad Brown or uh, Pletcher horse is the three Eastern Rocks. Yeah, got Irad on him. First time starter. What's his breeding? He's a Declaration of War out of Warfront. Um, Maglia de Oro. Ooh. As well. Yeah, he'll be It'll tough. It'll be interesting. He'll be tough. Yep. All right, we're going to move on to the fourth. Okay, so you're clearly going to then do an all-all to the to fighting force, the eight and the yeah. third. Yeah, yeah. I'll surround the eight. Okay. Surround or just yeah. top and bottom? I'm going to surround it. Play oh, eight you to are? All to all, too. Okay. All right, we're going to move to the fourth then. Uh, that's The fourth is a Claiming Crown Express going six furlongs on the dirt. Uh, you got the inside speed of Crystal Sky taking on the, this – as I saw it, taking on the six long blade and the seven combination. Those two just faced off against each other last out. Combination got the win by the slimmest of margins, uh, a neck at the wire. Uh, who do you like here, Coach? Nobody. Nobody? Nobody again. Nobody again. Now, if you guys are wanting me to pick winners for you, go pick your own. <laughs> so expand on that a little bit. Is it because you see multiple options in a race like this? that you don't like anyone is it because you're looking at historical stats of these races like you like you're doing you're looking at the last five the last five runnings of this race and you're looking at the historical patterns and none of them line up with that how, what, how do you get to a point where you say i don't like anybody a little bit of all that um okay. you know you look at some of these like i said the one horse beat the other horse last time but i think there was a four pound weight change mm -hmm. so you know maybe that will even that out and races like these days like this, the Breeders' Cup races, you know, I get a little more excited about trying to trying to find somebody. But they're all, you know, just great horses. These horses, they're the kind that, you know, will bounce. Mm -hmm. So you just don't know. You know, they're just not as high class. And I don't want to bet just to bet. So if I play a, a horse that I like to all to all, then I just roll the dice and say, okay, if, if I get three chalk horses, because the horse I'm playing is probably going to be pretty close to being chalky. I'm not reaching too far. But I just think, you know, if this, you know, every once in a while, this is where you get a price in days like today. Mm -hmm. But you don't need to be betting every race to get a price. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up with Crystal Sky here. I think I think this classier horse, it, it's the speed. Um, I think it's a little tricky breaking from the rail. The two was a little interesting to me, Dirty Foot. His last last six races, he's four for four in his last four. In his last mm -hmm. six, he's got four wins in two seconds. Um, uh, I, what I don't know about that horse is whether it's got the class or if it's just going to get trounced by the rest right. of them. And that's what makes this thing interesting. That horse is eight to one. He might float up, float up a bit. There's your there's your price on your pick three. We're so, talking about eight to one. Dirty foot, the oh, two. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you do have Irad on the one. Yeah. And that's one thing about it is, you know, you just – you know, the one hole, you know, can be a curse or a blessing, depending on how you break. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So that's that's obviously, if you like the all in the fourth, you're going to go the second race all to your, your eight to the fourth all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then we're moving right along. Let's go to race five. We got the Claiming Crown Distaff Dash, five furlongs on the turf for fillies and mares. Uh, 
for me, these turf sprints are always tough to gauge how the race is going to be run and what the pace is going to look like, and who's actually going to be able to close into it. They're just tricky for me. What did you end up with here? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody again. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. First five races. I'm one for five. Mr. Coach has one pick. Yes. So you're all in on the eight fighting force. Yeah, the eight's gonna. I'll be playing around with him. He'll, you know, if he wins, I'll get off to a good start. If he doesn't win, I won't lose too much. I'm only making like uh, looks like what five bets in the first five races. Yeah. So I think this is a this is an opportunity to talk a little bit then about some of that strategy because you're going to surround him in pick threes. You're going to go to him, yeah. have him in the middle and ha have it, have him to all to all. Yeah. So you're throwing everything to him on top as far as pick yeah. threes go. Yeah. I got to imagine you're thinking about a backup bet on him then. Mm, you know, uh, and that's one thing about doing this uh, show here. I never know exactly what I'm going to do as far as mutuals or other stuff. Um, you know, I might, I might play him underneath as a backup bet in exact to everybody to him. I might end up playing um, a couple $10 doubles wheels to him. I'm, I'm not really sure. It all depends how things go. If, um, you know, if I, if I'm on for too long price, you know, two chalky prices, I might play him to all in a daily double in the fourth. Yeah. You know, I just got to kind of look at it more as the day goes on and see what happens. But, you know, I, I don't make my, the only time I'll decide who I'm going to bet is if I like this horse here, if he goes off at, um, you know, it's a 12 horse field, I might go 20 across, 40 across, 50 across, depending on how I feel. Yeah. And well, I think you bring up a good point. If the first two races are big prices and you're staring down an $800 pick three. Yeah. Just play, just live with it. Yeah. Then you just live and die by that. Right. And you don't, but if you got chalk, talk, chalk to chalk, right. You might want to try and capitalize. Yeah. You know, double, double out of him. Yeah, so you, you know, can capitalize on a little double chocolate, price. I might put two hundred to win on him. Sure, yeah. You know, I don't know. Okay, uh, I, in the fifth, I went with Jakarta. Uh, like I said, these ones are always these races are always tough to handicap for me. But I think you got speed and class. He's a favorite. I get it. Jock eating weasel uh, for me, but I think uh, I think he he can go out and get the job done. We're gonna mm -hmm. move quickly then to race six, the claiming crown jewel, Malinathan in the dirt. Uh, this one, I'm really interested. This one features the return of the second place finisher in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, Jesus's team. Um, I kind of liked him a little bit. Who do you like? Yeah, I I took a Jesus's team. The one thing I I didn't look that close at. I did I just realized looking at this, it's a mile and an eighth. But you know what? He chased Nick's goal in that Breeders' Cup Mile. I think I think he'll like a mile and an eighth just fine. Uh, if you look at him, he, he, you know he's ran against. Uh, well, he was third by 10 to Swiss Skydiver and Authentic uh, in, in the Preakness going a mile and three sixteenths. So obviously he can get the distance. I also like back to when he ran at Gulfstream back in June. He ran uh, only lost by uh, three quarters of a length to Sola Volante. Yeah. So I got to I got to think if um if there's if there's something that's probably um, pretty much a lock today. In fact, you don't have to ask me later. I'll tell you right now. This <laughs> best is, bet. This is my best bet of the day. And fingers, if you don't like it, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I think, I think um, you know, there's a lot of hype about Jesus' team coming into the Breeders' Cup. Right. And and he earned that hype. He ran second in the dirt mile. Um, I'll be interested, interested to see if there's any bounce off of that uh, mm -hmm. and if that kind of 
if that is going to fizzle a bit, but I, but he's the, he's clearly the class of the field. Um, he ran a great second in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, and uh, he could go out and romp them uh, in the sixth. So let's see, you've got then, you got the eight in the third, mm-hmm. two alls, and then you're singling Jesus's team in the sixth. So you're yeah. going to go all, all to him. Yeah. At least at this point. I'll be, I'll be playing every race one way or another. I'm just not singling a horse. Sure. Yeah. Which is, which is fun. You and I have experienced this. You're interested in every race. Yeah. In some races, you're interested in the, in the whole thing blowing up and a big right. price coming in. And in other races, you've got that single and you're looking for your horse to get the job done. I found later in life and uh, how this whole race, horse racing, um, gambling situation has changed. I, I've had a lot of fun rooting against favorites. Um, that seems to be, I, I root against favorites more than almost anything else because <laughs> when I play the pick threes, obviously, you know, you're, you just, you don't want any chalk to come in unless it's your chalk. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the seventh race is a, Claiming crowned emerald, going a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. I found the seventh and eighth races to be pretty tough. Um, I've got a little bit of a, a price in this one. Uh, what, who'd you end up liking in this, Coach? Well, you always ask me to tell you first, then you're going <laughs> to jump onto my horse. I thought this might have been the, one of the toughest races, and you know it's kind of funny because usually it's Chad Brown that has three horses, but in this race, Michael Maker has four horses. And you know what? They're they're all running pretty darn good. So he, he might be able to do a Chad Brown here. I mean, his one horse, Mugzomatic, won the race last year. And his other three horses are all running better than they, almost than they ever have. So I could, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Michael Ma- Michael Maker Superfecta. Mm, yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see how many Joseph Safi Jr.'s got. He's got at least two. And that might be – no, he's got three. You mean, so Sa- you mean Safi Joseph? Safi Joseph, Joseph Safi. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with the six in Tusk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, may look, I may look stupid tomorrow um, when he might doesn't just, run a just, lick might, coming might off the layoff. just tomorrow. Whatever. When he doesn't run a lick coming off the layoff. But, um, you know, clearly – uh, the trainer, Safi Joseph Jr., knows how to get them ready. He wins at a 33% clip when coming off a layoff of more than 180 days. And Jaramillo and um, uh, and Safi Joseph Jr., them comboing together, they've won 20% of the time that they've teamed up at Gulfstream this year. So I, I like his last couple races. And, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about that layoff, but – He's good. He's going to be a good price. I know that for sure, and mm-hmm. uh, it'd be fun to get him home. Yeah, this was a this was a really great race. Um, this will be one that I might kind of strain a tricep if I hit it because I'm patting yeah. myself on the back. <laughs> um, but I did the the horse I liked the most in this race. I I, I ended up on uh, on the four horse Temple. Temple. And the reason why number one, it's it's a Michael Maker horse. I think he's been running against just a little bit better stuff. Um, also the fact that, you know, I, I agree with you. Tusk is a, is, you know, nice animal, but Tusk is getting 126 pounds. Hydroglyphic's getting 124. Mugsomatic's getting 122. Artie's Rumor's getting 122. And here I got my horse Temple, a four year old, getting 120. Mm. So I just think, you know, I just think that they're all pretty close to being even. It'll be the kind of trip you get, but I like Tyler Glaffy only on my horse and I, I like the four horse Temple. Uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. So are you 
Are you actually taking that horse as a single then? Yeah. Pick threes? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Two back to back. Yeah. Are you kidding me? We're getting we're getting some picks out of you. I've had three out of seven so far. Thank what? you. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, fine. Race eight. I'm gonna tell you who I like first. This okay. is my this is my long shot of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Race yeah, eight is a claiming crowd, claiming crown, rapid transit. They're going seven furlongs on the dirt. It was a tough race to pick them for me, but I really like the seven. T loves a fight. Uh, like I said, it's my long shot of the day. Um, it stumbled last out. Mm-hmm. Um, let me pull this up real quick. T loves a fight. Stumbled last out. Um, stumbled sounds, at the break. I kind of. I kind of sounds just, like your future mother-in-law. Whatever. I kind of. Uh, I kind of tossed that out. And if you look at the the last three or four races it's had, uh, it's going to be right there. I think so. You get a good price at ten to one. He's, he might even float up, float up a little higher than that. I'm taking the seven. T loves a fight. Cool. You um um. I don't like anybody. Nobody. Nope. I, I this race to me is um nothing would surprise me. Nothing at all. If if I was gonna play somebody, I I probably I I probably would play all around. But I'm not. That's I'm not taking any single in this race. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, we only got three left. The ninth is the Claiming Crown Tiara going a mile and 16th on the turf. Uh, we got two shorter prices here. Uh, we've got Queen's Embrace and the five, and I believe it's the 11 Sugar Fix. Uh, Sugar Fix at two to one, Queen's Embrace at five to two. I like Queen's Embrace. A hard, little hard to separate the top two, but I, I think I kind of think the pace is going to set up a little better uh, for Queen's Embrace, and um, I prefer the five hole to the 11 hole um, based on kind of the paces I see it setting up. Who do you like? You know, I almost said I liked it. You don't like anybody. What? I almost said that, but then I looked at the race and I thought, you know, quite frankly, um, I think it's probably, probably about a three horse race. And so I can't say, excuse me, I don't like anybody, but I'm going to go with the outside horse because I've always liked candy. I'll get a sugar fix. And I also, I played Sugar Fix. I hit that horse uh, last year one time when I won. Uh, just a really tough little filly. Uh, I like the outside post, quite frankly, for this horse because I got to think she's going to be able to just kind of, you know, even if she doesn't break real, real sharp, she'll just be able to kind of stalk. Mm-hmm. And I and I think she'll get first run. The horse that scares me is um, Joba Takaba. I think, you know, you got Irad on there and might go out and try to steal it. But um, I'm going to go with Sugar Fix. And that would be a single for me, the 11 sugar fix. Yeah, hopefully there's enough speed. I, I agree with you on that seven, uh, whatever you call it. Uh, but I think there might be enough speed in here to to uh, set up nicely for a little bit of a stalker. Well, I think sugar fix is just a little bit more classy. That's why I'm going with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, hey, guess what? We got about... 14 hours to find out, huh? Yeah, I hope everybody's listening to this this late at night. You get your bets in tomorrow. <laughs> uh, race 10, we got the Claiming Crown, Canterbury, five furlongs on the turf. Uh, short price uh, and inside speed for the one Faya with Luis Saez aboard. Um, I went with Faya, I think, speed class on the rail. That, that'll work for me. That horse can break and get out front. I think it'll I think it'll uh, take it. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one. I just, um, 
again, it's going to probably be the chalk. The, the rail could could kill it if she doesn't break. The one thing I really like about this horse is is that my in my mind a five and a half furlong race is more for a closer. Um, like a, I always think a six and a half is better for a speed horse than a six. So this horse has has won at six and five and a half going gate the wire. And I mean, you don't see too many horses that run a one oh six and change. Mm, yeah. So I gotta think this horse is the real deal. Um I I I do like Tiger Blood. Yeah, I do too. But I don't you know, I just don't think they're if this horse breaks even average, I don't think they're gonna catch it. Yeah. I was tempted to say this is my best bet, but Uh-oh. I don't know, I don't trust I don't trust the one hole. I would never you know. Yeah. One hole is just too scary, but I do think this horse is is the pit. What is nice, at least for me to see, is she doesn't have to be on the engine. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody tries to to put a blazing pace out front, I think she can sit right off them. And it all for me, it's all going to come down to the break. If she can sit right. off the pace or be be in front, I think she's going to be tough to beat. And right there, you look at you know Louis Saez. I mean, he's he's as good as anybody. Yeah. Especially on a speed horse, you know. I I you know I you. You look at horse racing just like any other sport. Um, you know, if Luis Saez got the mounts that Irad had, he'd, he'd be winning the same race as Irad does. He's just great at getting into a good position in being in a. He just he gets his horses in a good spot, gets them to relax, yeah, and saves them for when it really matters. Got something left in the tank, yeah. If I if I if I had a horse that's a speed horse, uh, he would be my rider over everybody. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're coming down to the last race then. The Claiming Crown Iron Horse, they're going to go a mile and a 16th on the dirt. I didn't think any of these horses are really stakes caliber. Uh, so to me, it looks like it's a pretty competitive race. Um, I went with the three, Bobby G. Well, Bobby thank you. G. You're thank very you. welcome. Yep, very I did nice. it just for you. Better nice. win. Um, not sure that I like uh, them a lot, but I don't think Bobby G is going to be over bet. Um, I think he'll be right. I think he'll be in a good position turning for home. At least I hope so. Yeah, like? I don't like anybody. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, in fact, um, you know, this would be the type. Um, for those of you out there who didn't listen to the last podcast on um, uh, closing Saturday at Del Mar, I played Parnelli to Fluffy Socks to all pick three. This could be the same kind of situation where maybe. You know the prices will be pretty short, but I'll, I might play Sugar Fix to Faya to all. Yeah. You know, because obviously, um, either one of those, if they both win, the the pick three is not going to pay a hell of a lot. No, the pick three with two singles could pay a decent chunk, though. Yes, yes, Are yes. You, so. Uh, yeah, that last, last the other day, that ticket cost me fifty five bucks. It was a one to five shot and eight to five shot, and I got back three hundred twenty five for fifty five. Yeah. So yeah. it was a nice way to turn a one and five and eight to five into you know what almost a ten to one. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 actually went through them fairly quickly. Thanks a lot, Mister yeah. All. Yeah. Uh, so it gives us a few minutes to chat about some betting strategies. So a couple questions for you. Uh, clearly, you've got your you've got your pick threes laid out, and you may. It sounds like if you've got two horses you like that are in back to back races, you may go. Uh, you may do a traditional pick three for you, a single with two alls, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you might also go two singles and an all. Is that right? It could happen. Yeah. You know, I've got I've got two race. I got the races that I liked. 
Um, the sixth and the seventh, you've got horses you like, and the right. ninth and tenth, you've got horses you right. like. There's a, so there's a good possibility I could play around with that a little bit. Maybe play, uh, you know, all single single or a single single all for like five or ten dollars. You know, that way, like I said, if you if you play that, you know, five dollar, that that's ten times whatever the pick three pays. You pay it ten dollars twenty times. Yep. And um, that's a way to get a little bit, you know, make some price out of two horses that are that figure. And um, yeah, I I gotta think that um, like I said the two horse in the six looks awfully good mm-hmm. as Jesus. Yeah. And um, you know, I, we'll see how the day goes at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I like the eight in the third race, but with them being maidens, and the one thing I did like about that race compared to the first maiden special weight that history shows that the non starters won those races. Well, in the in the second maiden race, that third race. There aren't too many non-first-time starters. I think there might only be about three. Mm, Although one of, one of them could be the monster. Yeah. But uh, you know, but like you know, like the horse you liked in the first race. Is that the first race you liked the twelve? Yeah. Yeah, that horse ran one race and had some difficulty. Yeah. But just like today, we watched a horse a race at Turfway, and uh, there was a horse that walked out of the gate, and you know they bet it down as the chalk almost, and you know what? It didn't run much better. No, it didn't. You know, sometimes you look at horses that get in trouble, and some horses continue to get in trouble all the time when you watch a horse on its form and you look at like you know six races of its last date it's either got brushed got bumped got cut off it's like you know just put them on the outside and uh stay out of trouble and let's see what it could really do it's also interesting to me in that race today that we watched the turfway that that horse first out was 35 to one yeah broke bad ran on for second or mm-hmm. third and now today Mm-hmm. It's the morning line favorite, and it gets bet down to two to one. Yeah. To me, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. To me, I would want to see. I'd want to see that horse run well at seven to one odds and be right there, rather right. than rather than taking a horse that was thirty five to one, and all of a sudden, just because it was able to close against horses that were fading, mm-hmm. now we're going to bet it down to two to one. That doesn't make any sense. To me. Yeah, we always used to tell Vito, "Don't bet it early." Right. You scare everybody away. Right. But um, I don't take too much in that a lot of times just for the fact that, you know, and, you know, this is one of my sayings. I don't mean to be offensive, but bottom line is I I just say, you know what, the public's pretty stupid. And the reality is, is it shows up on Breeders' Cup Day, you know, because, you know, chalk doesn't win as much on Breeders' Cup Day as it does other days because it's hard to figure these things out. Yeah, and, I, and that's where I look at it sometimes. When if a horse is thirty to one, I just think that well, you know, maybe nobody noticed, especially if it's its first time, first out. Yeah, you know, and that's where, you know, if a horse is, you know, you see it all the time on the West Coast with Baffert horses. You know, they haven't ran a race, but but they're all, you know, they're all under all under two to one. Yeah, because everybody, you know, he works them out so much. Every the, the, you know, everybody makes noise on the backstretch, so people kind of hear about it. Yeah. So I saw you've got. Two picks in the late pick four. I want to hear right. I want to. I want to know right here, right now. Are you playing the pick four tomorrow at Goldstream? <sighs> I don't know. You yeah. always say I know it's a waste of it's money. It's a waste of money. I think. I. I mean, I hit them. You know, I hit that pick five at Preakness a couple of years ago for yeah. twenty three hundred on like a twenty dollar ticket. I was. I was just going single, 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 all single in all my picks, and you know, cost four fifty a ticket or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I might play it tomorrow because I'm not playing that many races individually, and I have two times 
you know, if I might be able to play both pick fours because I have two races where I have consecutive picks. So I might I might throw a little bit down on that just for the for the fun of it. Do you but have an I, early sense on what your handle is going to be tomorrow? Uh, just on the pick threes, do you know yet? Well, going into it, I, I had it originally I, before we sat down and looked at this. I was looking a little bit over a thousand, but um, right now I'm looking at this. Looks like I have about what one? I think I have about about fourteen pick threes that I've got picked out here. So say fourteen, and you know if they average, let's say they average sixty bucks, right? That'd be about what. What six hundred and what, what's seven twenty? I don't know. I can't. It's late. Let me see what I got. I got my calculator here. So let's say if I played, uh, yeah, if I played fourteen uh, pick threes times sixty, that's about uh, eight hundred bucks. Okay. So I would imagine my hand. I, well, my handle, yeah, my handle overall will probably be close to a thousand, but it's, but it's not gonna, you know. Yeah. Going my initial bets, I'll probably be right around eight hundred, and, and then I. I put those all down at the start of the day, and then as the day goes on, I see how it's going. Yeah, well, and I think there's it's easy in this in, in this episode of our podcast to talk about kind of the contrast. We'll wrap this in a couple of minutes to talk about the contrast between different styles. You have your thousand dollar handle to play with, and you're you're taking shots with your pick threes, and those shots that you're taking is a sink. You just need one horse. You just need your horse to win. Right. And whatever happens around it, you reap the reward of that. On the on the other hand, I've made a pick, even in the third, which I I like the all, but I have picked Fighting Force if I had to pick one. I've picked a horse in every race, so I could I could still play pick threes, and I could play them at a lesser dollar amount than you. Mm-hmm. I have much more work to do because I've got to hit two winners out of three races. Right, uh, but the handle is going to go down significantly. If I were to take the 12 queen of the green and the two lies a star in the first two races, and then I played those two to an all in the third race, I'm probably looking at $6 for that pick three. And I could play that pick three where I could go single, single, all, single, all, single, all, single, single in the first three races. That's probably going to cost me about 20 bucks. Yeah, that's nice. So if I did that for those 11 races, I'm probably looking at $250 in pick threes. With your pick threes that you're doing, the 14 that you're doing, you're looking at, you know, 800. So there's some ways, right? And even with your double, we've talked about this. You can do a $2 double. You can do a $1 double, mm-hmm. $5, $10, $20. Right. You scale You scale up to the level that you're comfortable with according to your kind of your bankroll. Mm-hmm. And again, you reap the rewards if you hit. And sometimes you reap massive rewards. You hit a right. you hit a ten dollar double for twenty five hundred bucks. Sometimes you hit a ten dollar double and you you end up losing ten dollars on even though you win. Right. So it's high risk, higher risk, higher reward when you play with when you when you when you multiply or multiply the factor of your bet. Lower risk, lower chance for reward. However, if if you hit two out of three and that that all race that you have and you're playing a single single all that all race you have a 30 to one shot comes in yes you just turned a six dollar pick three into a 150 dollar winner roi is big there and so you know i think i think what's helpful is to is to explain how it's your money you can play it how you want to play it right and it doesn't matter if you play it big or play it small 
we talk about this a lot. What does it come down to? You just got to pick a winner. Right. And you, you got to pick a winner. And I've done it everything over the years. Yeah. I've played all different kinds of bets. I've, I've played, you know, I used to play 100 across the board a lot. Um, in the Kentucky Derby, I'll, I'll play, I used to play 200 to win, 500 to place, you know, or. Um, For a little bit, we played a trifecta key box. Yes. Where we, we keyed that. That single we liked, right? And we had him running first, second, and third. We gave ourselves every option. As right. long as this horse hits the board, we're winners. It paid off maybe once or twice, but in the long run, right? It wasn't as profitable as we right. thought, but it was certainly it's certainly fun to experiment with those different types right. of bets. When, we, when the pick three first started, my good friend Speed McCulley, we called him Speed because he always played the speed. He developed. He was the first guy that kind of introduced us to all of us guys a rolling pick three. Where you took, you know, it was a, well, back in those days, it was a $2 pick three. They didn't have a dollar. They didn't have a 50 cent. It was a $2. Mm-hmm. So you take your horse in each race. And so if you, let's say there was 10 horses in three races. You'd go one, one, all. One, all, one, all, one, one. And you'd go the number of horses times two would be your bet. So it'd be 10, 20, 30. That'd be a $60 bet. Well, one time at Long Acres, I hit uh, all. Yeah, I had a all one single single, and I I cashed for sixty two hundred bucks. And the reason I did is because the horse in the first race was seventy to one. Yeah, you know. But then it got to the point where I re- and when it got down to the fifty cent, they started paying less, and I started realizing, you know what, I'm just not good enough to pick two out of three anymore, and I'm pretty good. So and then I started just playing the one all all, and that's kind of been my bet. But at at Del Mar at Santa Anita. They don't pay that much anymore because you know the the pools are bigger, but there's a lot more winners mm-hmm. with the fifty cent bet. Then you go, then now you go play New York's, and everybody gets a little annoyed because it's a dollar, it's too expensive. But you can clearly see the difference between New York and Del Mar or Santa Anita. Yes, those ones have fifty cent pick threes, and in Belmont and Saratoga, they've got the dollar pick three. Yes, and and the payouts are vastly different on the dollar because it discourages. Some of that, that like cheap money to come in, right? right? So if you happen to play the favorite at a race in Santa Anita and you got the two alls, even if they're big prices, everyone floods that favorite mm-hmm. with pick three money. Yes, it, it's that's less likely to happen when you've got a dollar minimum right. bet at Belmont. And that's why I was so shocked at Del Mar last week when you know with the one to five shot, I cashed for thirteen hundred dollars. I turned Parnelli. I spent two hundred ninety-one dollars on that horse, you know, and I I, I turned that into thirteen hundred and something. So I went basically turned it into a, like a five and a half to six into one horse. Yeah. With the way I wagered. Yeah. You know, but there's been so many times where I've bet, you know, a hundred and twenty on a race, and I've cashed for seventy-five. Yeah. Because chalk has come in. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And on Breeders' Cup Day, you know, I cashed quite well, and it was very similar to the Del Mar Day. Both those days, I only had two winners. But I made quite a bit of money. You don't have to win a lot of races to make a lot of money. You just have to win the right races. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's going to be fun to see Gulfstream kick back off. I, I really like this championship meet that they do in the in the wintertime. All the, all the – In the summer wintertime. In the summer wintertime. All the big riders from New York, or most of them at least, will, will ship down there and spend their winter down there. And it makes for some really fun and competitive – uh racing so i'm excited to see it uh who's your best bet here 
you chalk-eating weasel. Yep, Jesus's. Jesus's team. All right, yep. my best bet is going to be the 10. I will also be a chalk-eating weasel. The 10th race, number one, Faya. Okay. All right. Okay, yeah, and um, what do we got? We got, is it six weeks from tomorrow? Is that... Um, what, the Pegasus? I think the Pegasus. Let me look on my... Yeah, and we probably have some prep races coming up. Oh, yeah. You know, you, we that. sit there yeah. and say, I, I say all the time, well, I think I'm done for a while. And all of a sudden I look at, you know, this this is happening. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks seven from tomorrow, weeks. Pegasus. That yeah. should be, hopefully there'll be you know, like a like a Breeders' Cup where they have, you know, 12, 12 horses in most of the fields and um, everybody's competitive. Yeah, I hope so. It's a it's a strange time of year to be running that race for me because you would think most of the quality horses that are coming off the Breeders' Cup are they're getting their yeah. Time well, away back in the, the day, everybody took time off. You know, your horse yeah. ran their meet. Uh, they didn't have to travel all over the country to run, and you know they'd run their you know ten fifteen races a year, and then they'd give them two or three months off, and they'd come back a year older. You know, now some horses, you know, they start in uh, November. You know, that's why it's weird to, you know, especially with this COVID, you know, you just you want to have these horses. Everybody's trying to get their horse to peak at the right time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for like, you know, the, the three-year-olds, it's going to be, you know, hopefully triple crown time. But then again, then you get horses late in the meet, you know, late three-year-olds late in the year, they get better than horses that were the triple crown horses. So, yeah, it's all evolving. It's It's always changing. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And now we, because we're on the West Coast, we have to get up early to to get that first pick three in. Got to be up by about eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. Nine oh five start time. That's hard to get used to. Yeah, 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 yeah. They screw us on the East Coast. Hope the next Breeders' Cup they start um, at noon, and you guys can you know watch the watch the classic like at you know ten thirty at night. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck out there, anyone that's playing tomorrow. Hope you win all your uh, photo finishes, and uh, you have a profitable day. We'll try and do a recap of tomorrow's races a little earlier in the week than we did this week. See if we can get it back out. Uh, this was a bit of a scramble this week, so we're going to get our schedules all aligned and get that figured out. But, uh, yeah, good luck tomorrow. Good luck, Coach. Let's get them. Let's get them. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>